Hello and welcome to the Swedish Winger episode 10. I am your host, Lars. In this episode I will do a draft recap where I will spend most of the time on Marco Kasper from Rögle. As far as uh, drafts go, I can't remember I've ever seen one that was so off the board and so crazy like this one was. I mean, sure, a lot of the top guys went in the top but they weren't picked where they were supposed to if you listen to most of the uh, the draft analysts and um, looking at all the boards that Juraj Slavkovsky was picked first was not surprising to me considering the hype I'm still not sure that he'll end up being the best player in this draft I still hold right and coolly Above him, possibly Jiricek as well. But it was great for Slovakian hockey that he was picked where he was. And the fact that there were three Slovakians picked in the first round was absolutely awesome. Because if there's something that the hockey community or the hockey world needs, is that more nations become more competitive and thus growing the game. And these are not guys that come up as as defensive players. I mean, previously, many of the so-called smaller nations have played a, a style of a brand, if you will, of hockey that means that they didn't want to lose by as much. So usually they were very defensively sound while not having that much in terms of offense. I mean, Slovakia... The best offensive player I can remember from Slovakia is either Zygmunt Palfi, uh, Marian Hossa, Peter Bondra, who couldn't play defense instead. Who else do we have? Marian Gaborik, uh, Pavel Dmitra, Miroslav Shatan. Uh, oh, what was the name of the guy who played in Boston? Um, uh, Stumpel, Josef Stumpel. Uh, and then you have the Stasny brothers, I guess. But that's a completely diff- different era, isn't it? So they had a couple of stars, but they were never this very, very good team. And as far as the Stasnys go, they played most of their games for Czechoslovakia, I think. So, back to the, the draft then. Um, many reactions on the Casper pick. Uh, I saw some vocal disappointed supporters but I do think that most of them well most of them I I reckon they're in the minority because most people were quite happy getting Casper but as always on the internet and especially on Twitter and and like chat rooms during drafts and such those who aren't happy tend to speak a lot and repeat themselves plenty and, and repost whatever they say that are negative. So you got this negative vibe around the pick, but I figure out I figure that most most of those who um, are at least kind of okay with the pick, I don't feel that the negativity is so strong that as you felt during the actual pick or slightly after. Personally, I'm very happy with the pick. I've been following Casper for, oh, I think about a year. Just before 
Well, pretty much when when Moritz Seider played in in Rögle, and uh, Marco Casper made his first ten games. Just before that, I heard um, one of the experts talk about Marco Casper as a potential star for Rögle, and that's back when he was sixteen. And then I started following him, and then he did the ten games, and he looked good. And then. While following him, I've I saw um, about twenty five games with him on TV last year, and I saw him three times live, and he's impressive. He's really really good. I mean, sure you don't get the highlight reel deeks and and uh, the artistry maybe, but in a way, I wouldn't say it's because he can't do them. It's more that I reckon he chooses not to. And he tries to play a mature game. And be uh, effective for his team. While he plays. So it's a it's a type of maturity. Because the kid has the skills. You can see him do the deeks when they're necessary. But he's not... What was it the, um, the expert said? He's not hot-dogging it. Even though I think he could. He would probably be um, John Tortorella's favorite 17-year-old if you if you watched him because he plays such a solid game, and he doesn't do the um, the extra deeks just to do the extra deeks. But he has the skill to, if he wished. As confidence grows and he comes into the SHL even more as a as a a, a player they lean on, I think we'll see more. Of him doing solo stuff, basically. I mean, when his confidence grows, so will his game. So I'm not worried at all with Marco Casper's game. I think we'll we got one of the best players for that position we could possibly get. But I get that some some of us wanted more artistry or flair, if you wish, and. Um, I can understand that, but if you look at like comparables for for Marco Casper, I'd say he's a better player than Dylan Larkin was when he was drafted. Larkin had amazing um, development, and in a redraft, he wouldn't go mid first round. Was he fourteen, right, or fifteen? I can see a bit of um, a young Mika Sebanejad, a, a young uh, Elias Lindholm. But as Marco Casper said himself, he tries to be his own player. So you could probably see him as a kind of an amalgamation of all those young players with that style of play. The thing I like the most, though, about Casper, beside him having all these traits that are things we really want in a player, is that his opponents hate him. With the fire of a thousand suns, they absolutely hates him. And it's he always finishes checks. Even when it's a little bit on the edge. He makes it a habit to finish the check on a defenseman. When he um, tries to push them to commit some errors. While trying to get the puck out of the defensive zone. He always pushes them into the boards. He's a nuisance to play against. And as people go absolutely ape shit because he does this 
he just smiles, which brings me to the, um, well, my favorite comparable to Marco Casper, and that's uh, Joel Eriksson Ek of Minnesota Wild, a player who was pretty much slated for, well, he is one of the top players for the Selkie Award. I think the last two or three years he's been in the conversation. And I wouldn't be surprised if in five, ten years, Marco Casper has been, or well, at least has been nominated for one, if not won one, because he has that that smarts. If you look at Marco Casper, the player, I wouldn't say that he has any weakness whatsoever, and it's not like he's a jack of all trades, master of none, because he ha- he has aspects that are absolutely fantastic so as far as pick goes i have absolute absolutely nothing to complain about with the marco casper pick would i have liked uh, jonathan lekremaki or noah östlund over him maybe but i i'm not that set in it i i think it would have been a hell of a swing to pick noah östlund because if he hits we might have something more akin to um, a Braden point. A cerebral first line or second line center, I'm sure he will be a really good center for the Detroit Red Wings. That's as good as you can get, isn't it? Looking at the Dylan James pick, I really don't have much to say other than there was a fair few players I would rather have going after him but considering my lack of knowledge of him I'm fine with it I mean if there's one group of people I trust to draft well it's the current Detroit Red Wings staff I don't know much about Dylan James he's a mid-sized left winger seems to be somewhat of a hard worker scoring type guy he's going to play in North Dakota which, as far as I know, have a, has a really good um, hockey program. So, okay. Players I would have liked that went after him is... You have Julian Lutz from Germany. Uh, Luca Del Belbelous. Matthias Havlid. And Jan Niemann. But I'm absolutely fine with, with Dylan James here. The 52nd pick, though, was kind of funny. Because here comes Dmitry Pushelnikov. And um, he could be, I mean, if you look at the guy, the um, the highlights you can find, and fair enough, highlights are highlights. You, you won't see the most embarrassing things they ever did on the highlights, rather the, the best stuff they got. But it looks good. I mean, the kid has a shot. I have no idea how good he is defensively, but... I mean, he could be a guy whom we never, ever see. But that's also the the fact of drafts, isn't it? But, I mean, what's to say he's not the next Nikita Kucherov? I, I mean, this is a, a swing for the fences, and I, I hope it pans out, because this is an interesting guy. And when you look at him play, he looks like he has proper offensive quality, but... We've seen that with players before that hasn't panned out. So, yeah, he looks interesting. I I like the pick. There were not that many 
picked after him that I that I really really wanted. Elias Solomonsson, the right-handed defenseman from Sweden. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Gleb Trekosov would have been would have been ranked higher than than Bushelnikov, but okay. Um, Slovakian Adam Shikora, also an interesting guy, and Swedish defenseman Carlo Delius. But we, with Carlo Delius, uh, left-handed defenseman, we have a fair few of those. So us picking an upside pick on a, on a Russian winger, I'm absolutely okay with that. And then came the trade that took us out of the third round, uh, the Villehuso trade. What's to st- what's not to like? We get a really really good goaltender. I think he's better than Jordan Bennington, who is very streaky. I think we have a really strong goaler tandem for the upcoming season with uh, Nedeljkovic and and uh, Huso. I would say. I think Huso is the better goalie of the two. And since we also signed Juho Olkinora, the Finnish World Cup goalie, we have a trio of competent goaltenders. That's that's great. That also makes me wonder, and this is naturally all speculation, that it's not impossible, I guess, considering how many teams that are really looking for goalkeepers... That we might trade one of the three during the season to a team that is lacking in, in that regard. And there's a fair few who are going into the season very shaky in goal. I'm not impressed with what Colorado Avalanche did. Thinking that Georgiev is good enough to be a first uh, goalie. I don't think he is. Not not by far. I think he's a career backup and um, eventually maybe Avalanche will be looking for more goalers. What Toronto is doing in that I have no idea but I'm thinking they can't go into the season with just Eric Schelgren. The Oilers and goalkeeping is always an issue it seems so there are a few teams looking for goalers and uh, we have three. So into the fourth round we go with the, the first pick. There is the pick 105 with Anthony Wanson. I had no idea that he was related in the way he was, but he's actually the son of the general manager of Lexan, the team he plays for. And uh, he was, in his own right, a very good hockey player. He's a right-shot defenseman. He's tall, but not heavy. He can skate, and that's pretty much all I know so far. He's slated to play the J20 League this season, but he might get a couple of games in the SHL as well. We'll see. I'll keep my eye out for for whatever he does during the season. It's going to be an interesting follow. The fact that um, Antonio Wasson split his time between J18 and J20 last year, I think that indicates that he's a little bit ahead of the curve, that he got to play up a little, and um, so far it says J20 on him, that he's part of the J20 squad, so that's looking good. Best name of the draft for Detroit was Amadeus Lombardi. 
He played for the Flint Firebirds. He seems to be somewhat of a setup guy, considering he had, in 67 games he had 41 assists and 18 goals for 59 points. A smallish forward. This far down the draft is also very hard to to say I'd rather have this guy over like Amadeus Lombardi. We're into territory where it's kind of hard to to say you know that much of these guys. The later rounds here, I mean, sure, uh, Alex Bump is a guy I would I would like would have liked. There's a couple of more. There's a couple of Swedes. I think we should have picked Hugo Havlid. Maybe not in the fourth round, but in the f- the fifth round or later. Uh, the Swedish goalkeeper who who was excellent when Sweden won the gold in the J18 World Championship, beating the USA, if you all remember. But he went completely undrafted, which surprised me, even though he's not a big goalkeeper and everybody wants the big guy still. I think to pick a guy on a flyer in the late rounds and he pans out, I think it's worth it. Our next pick was... um, Maximilian Kilpinen from Örebro, a center or left winger, about a point per game in the J20 National League, which isn't bad. He had nine points in six games in the playoffs, which is kind of impressive. He's also slated to keep playing in the J20. We'll see if he possibly, if he does well and possibly gets some SHL time. Or maybe he gets loaned to Hockeyallsvenskan. That's not impossible at their age. Don't know much about him. Um, It's another guy who's going to be very interesting to follow the coming season. I thought um, Tim Almigrén would have been ahead of him. But I think he also went undrafted. Yes, um, Tim Almigrén went undrafted. In the J20s he had in 44 games 40 points. 19 goals, 21 assists. So I guess he's kind of equal in a way. He did make the uh, World Junior Championship team, but he wasn't picked. He was looked over. I think it has a lot of lot to do with him being very small, uh, very light at least. He's just 152 pounds or 69 kilos, which is nice but light. And then we have Nias Maturin. I have no idea how you actually pronounce his first name. Uh, it's Saint, spelled backwards. A big defender, heavy defender. Played with the North Bay Battalion. Not really a point getter. We'll see what we have there. I hope he is uh, a bit of a physical player. I think we need that, aside from Moritz Sider's uh, physical play, I think we we could actually use some more oomph in the decor. Because neither Edvinson can hit. Yes, he's a big, big kid. Uh, he can play physical. But I wouldn't say he's a banger. And I, I'm fairly sure you can't call Albert Johansson a physical player on the best of days. Neither can you call William Olinder the most physical guy. They can be physical, but that's not their forte. And as much as I want Detroit to have a skill game, 
I wanted to hurt to play Detroit. Our next pick was a 201st, where we picked centerman Owen Mellenbacher, and now we're in so deep in uncharted waters that, oh, he's a big kid, so here be dragons. I don't know. I have never heard of the guy. I thought I recognized the last name, but I had him mixed up with someone else. So, well, that's that. I hope he does well in the University of Wisconsin. With pick 212, we picked Brennan Ali, a guy who actually had a scouting report from EP Draft Guide, but that was kind of depressive reading. They think he could, like, peak as a fourth liner in the NHL. He skates constantly, but he's not very good at it. He's not fast. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, EP Draft Guide could be very harsh sometimes. And the fact that he was ranked a lot higher when, than where we picked him is... Let's hope he has the upside where many ranked him. That's all I can say on him. He's supposed to be playing with the University of Notre Dame this season. So he'll be interesting to follow, as all these kids will be. Can't say it's easy to follow the NCAA from Sweden, but um, I'll, I'll keep an eye out on the stats pages and see wherever, whatever he does. Now that's con that concludes our Red Wings draft. My overall impression is I love the Marco Casper pick. I'm cautiously optimistic with the Dylan James pick. I'm intrigued by the Dmitry Bushelnikov pick. Aside from that, I have no idea where this goes. If you are supposed to like grade it, I don't even know. It wasn't the most exciting draft round or draft I've ever seen, but um, I think Marco Casper will be so fun to watch in the coming years, and he'll be such a treat for Red Wing fans that whatever happens after that, I I think this is success anyway. But it's not. It wasn't a fun draft. It wasn't an adventurous draft. It was a lot of. Who's that? And why we d did we pick him and not him? And since we got out of the third round completely, a lot of interesting names went there. So once we got to the fourth round, it was like, shit, there's no one left. We also signed a new goaler coach, Alex. Oh, I'm going to say this in Swedish. Westlund. But he's probably named Westlund then since he has the American flag on the side of his name. Can't say I know anything about him. I was hoping for a really, like, established goalie coach, because there's a fair few Europeans who are very good that we could have come over, but maybe they do that anyways, right? I don't know anything about this uh, Alex, Alex Westland, so I hope he's good. I can't say I have been that impressed with whatever the Washington Capitals goalies have been doing. Vitek Vanacek and uh, Alelia Samsono hasn't impressed me in the least, but that's most likely not his fault. Bringing in Bob Bogner as the uh, associate coach. Well, I saw a lot of games with the San Jose Sharks while he was coaching them. 
because he was up until just very recently, right? And um, they played absolutely horrible hockey. So I hope, in a way, that he was just a really bad fit for the San Jose Sharks. I mean, they had absolute trash goalkeeping. But the way they played made the goalkeeping even worse. Granted, they have a couple of defensemen who aren't really good in the defensive zone. But they're not that bad as they were under him as well. So I just hope that it was a really bad fit and that he will fit in perfectly as an associate coach under Lalonde. Cautiously optimistic. That's that's where I'm putting my my feelings on, on that so far. But um, as much as I agree with what Steve Eisenman is doing and I'm in no position to criticize him, I hate the trust the Iser plan bullshit because that's cultist. I mean, then we need to say nothing but Lord Iceman can do no wrong, which kind of kills podcasting and kind of kills Twitter as well. But um, here I reckon I'll have to trust the man. He has done very few errors and if it comes to it and he isn't a fit, They'll just switch him out after a season or so. As a person, I have no idea how he is. Um, the rumor was that we, he was extremely demanding when he was in San Jose. But, again, that's rumors. So, I hope I hope he fits in perfectly. I think that the camp starts tomorrow on the 10th. Well, that's basically today now, then, because it's when I'm recording this, it's almost one thirty. That's in the middle of the night, one thirty, not in the middle of the day. So um, I'm gonna edit this, and then I'm off to bed. So, well, good night, America, wherever you are. Until next time, cheers.